honey, nobody but you is to blame for where you are. Wow. Yeah. And um, maybe stop blaming and start getting proactive. Start be loving you and accepting yourself where you are and then allowing yourself to be more. It's the Health in the Real World podcast. It's time to start the show with Chris Jenke as your host. Here to give you everything that you need when it comes to fitness strategies. We keep it simple and easy. It's your roadmap to get healthy. You don't need equipment and you don't need a gym. Just the right strategies to get you fit and trim. The Health in the Real World podcast is sponsored by... You were only given one body, one earth suit. Stop blasting it into the ground with destructive workouts. You don't really need to work out as hard as you think you do. Text the word WORKOUT to 408-883-4442 and get started for free with me. Welcome to the Health in the Real World podcast. I'm Chris Jenke, joined today by Marsha Martin. Marsha is, uh, we have a great conversation today. I'm really excited about this because we're talking about self-love as a foundation for health and wellness. So Marsha, thank you so much for joining me today. I am so delighted to be here, Chris. I'm actually so excited because you are a, a completely different segment of the population that I usually get to talk with. And I'm just, as I was sort of thinking about what you do and what would be most helpful to your audience, I realized that there is, just as none of us are separate, none of what we encounter as physical beings can be separated. So it's just so fun to kind of, you know, have prepared for this and realized, hey, it all begins and ends in the same place. And, you know, (laughs) what makes life worth living is being so in love with who you are, what you're doing, what you're thinking, what you're feeling, how you're presenting yourself, that you are always striving to become a better version of that presentation. And, you know, gosh, in my early days, when I tried to exercise, it was always with the whip. Oh, you're not good enough. You've got to get in better shape. And now, as I was saying to you, it's now necessary for me to be okay. I have to walk. I have to stretch. I have to strengthen. I have to drink a lot of water, high quality (laughs) spring water. I've got to eat incredible food that really nourish me because I have been able to now expand so much more that it's not just about me anymore. It's about what I can bring to the world that will be of benefit. And now it's, how do I feel good enough to keep doing this work instead of how should I punish myself with exercise (laughs) or diet today because I am so self-loathing? Right, right. And it's, and it's, it's that, so that's, you're talking like intrinsic motivation versus extrinsic motivation, the, the carrot versus the stick. And, um, and then there's also another element 
that I was thinking of when, when you were first talking about like, you know, I've had, or, or you mentioned like, you're, you're speaking to a, like a different audience than you would normally speak to. Right. And I think this has been such a really fascinating thing for me. Like I've had financial planners on this show and um, you know, astrological um, you know, communicators and stuff like that and coaches and nutritionists and, it really does. Like you said, that's a great way to put it. It begins and ends in the same place. Like we're all going through this life together and we're looking for something. And it really is not as simple as here's your meal plan. Here's your workout done. It's there, there's, there are layers to all of us. And, and I love how you said that the start, the foundation for your health is self-love. Can you uh, elaborate on that a little bit? Absolutely. Because my original training was all in psychology. So for me, the world began and ended in the brain. And then my life just got darker and darker and darker. The more that the brain was allowed to control and dictate where we were going and what we are, were observing and all of the fear that we could get caught up in and all of the ways in which we could compare and see that we weren't good enough or even equal to. And so as the darkness got deeper and darker and the pain got more intense, and I'm not talking just physical pain, although that was not, it, it was more emotional pain, but I don't think my physical body was doing that great then either. I was just so disconnected from everything that it was like, eh, you know, who cares if I'm not as, um, physically fit as I used to be, you know, it was like everything went downhill together. So just spending my whole career and my whole being believing that the brain was the organ that had any kind of uh, quality to it, out of that darkness and out of that despair, as I said to you earlier, there was this little crack of that opened and it was enough for me just to say, okay, you know, I've tried everything else and feel like it just a complete failure. Even though I've accomplished quite a few things, it would be, oh, you accomplished that? Yeah, but you, you know, it was only okay. So, you know, what are you gonna do next? You really need to do something better. So, you know, it was always this, you're never good enough, you're never good enough, no matter what you do, how many degrees, how many lives you've touched, it's never gonna be enough until there was just no further down that I could go. It was just so dark and so depressing. And, through that little crack of sunshine, I got led away from the head into the heart. And so all of the work that I do now centers in the heart as not just our motivation, but our place to understand and to operate from. Not the physical heart, not the heart that's been hurt, that's still holding on to the pain, the trauma, the limiting beliefs, the perhaps traditions of your family, but the heart that has been cleared and healed and is now aligned with that universal goodness and love and acceptance. That's the heart 
that is capable of leading us forward, leading us into a life where you will not be tricked or cheated or feel less than, but leading you into a life of truth where you get to live your purpose and always want to expand. So it has yeah. been such a journey, so much fun, so much discovery, but so much peace to finally land here instead of right. <laughs> in the jungle. All, in the jungle of your head and all the thoughts. Well, that yeah, that was interesting what you said about just like the peace. I think that's where going back to the workouts, right? You are not being driven by the whip or like, I have to do this, but there's a peace and a, a, just a tranquility that your life begins from. And then you'll automatically have the desire or like the, the crack, you know, with the sun shining through as, as you're saying. And I, I, I tell that to my clients and like, I'm a fitness trainer, so I deal a lot with the physical health, but of course we do talk about emotional, psychological, spiritual, but it, I do reiterate that over and over is that I don't want you to work out because I'm telling you to work out. I want you to want to do it. And I want that to come from, it is, it's a place of peace. It's a place of, um, they say like creativity comes from boredom. It's almost a place where all this other, all your hectic scheduling and all the to-dos of your life are put to the side. Maybe you're meditating or whatever, but that's where that, that push to to be healthy, to be spiritually aligned, to be, you know, the, the best person you can be, I think comes from, um, is that, I want to go back now to when you made this shift, is that sort of what happened or was it completely different or go, go through that process? Like you're hitting rock bottom and then you see this little shimmer of sunlight of hope. Well, I'm an avid reader. So my goal, whenever I am like sort of okay, I've distracted myself with every other crazy book that I could read. And, uh, you know, maybe I need to <laughs> go further afield because I landed in the, the religions, religion spirituality department and had always sort of played around with religion, but felt completely divorced from the whole idea of, what religion said that it stood for because there was so much shame and so much blame and so much you're good but you're not and so i was like huh religion just you know but spirituality okay i've been playing around with that for a long time i keep diving back and forth in and out in and out i'm when i was in high school we had Kreskin and Yuri Geller. Yuri Geller was bending spoons with his mind and Kreskin was, was doing ESP. It was, it, there was no spirituality. It was called parapsychology. Right. And I was just completely in love with that whole idea. And I took a lot of classes then, Silva Mind Control, again, the mind. Yeah, silver mind control and we had this meditation group and I was really very good at that anyway but 
this was during my master's program. And then I kind of got hit with, oh, you know, I really need to go get a real job. I can't keep playing <laughs> around with this stuff anymore, you know? Right. So I, I, I got to be a, a functioning member of society. So I go into teaching and end up teaching through the heart, but not understanding what I was doing just having these incredible ideas that were really transformative. <clears throat> Excuse me, but I was falling deeper and deeper into the darkness. So I'm doing all of this out of that place of, I don't really love me. So I got to make sure that everyone around me has really optimal experiences because if you're feeling really good, then maybe <clears throat> I can piggyback off your good experience and feel better about me. So mm. one of the things that I did was I was hired to teach third grade. And <clears throat> these were the children. This is the first time end of grade test. <clears throat> Sorry, we're being introduced. And these children had identif been identified as potential failures. So they're eight and they're already labeled as failures. So my job is to take these kids that are probably not gonna pass this end of grade test and just kind of get them up to third grade speed. At, and the big motivator is each teacher, if we are successful, will get a $1,000 bonus. Now, in those oh. days, $1,000 is big oh. money. So <laughs> there they, uh, they find a salary for me and clean out a janitor's closet. So we got this little tiny room to work in. And I thought at the time that I was a good teacher, just not a good person. So I'm up here teaching and I'm giving them this math lesson that I thought was really pretty basic because I wanted them to feel like, oh, they're a success. Oh, I can feel like a good teacher. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm such a great teacher. They're going to get this. They're going to love me. They're going to be a success. And then I can feel good. So the whiteboard is at one end of this room and I've got a little desk in the corner and they have this table that they share in the middle. So I hand out a worksheet and say to them, okay, now I know you all know how to do this because we just went over this. And when you're finished, come on, share it with me in at my desk. So I have barely put my butt in the chair and here comes my first little guy. And I'm thinking, oh, wow, I'm such a good teacher that he could just fly through this worksheet. I'm thinking, oh, yes, it's okay. I really am good, a good person because I've helped him get this success. So I'm thinking it's kind of weird, though, because, you know, his head's hanging down and He's got this little, <laughs> little pencil stub. Maybe, maybe the exact opposite, right? Yeah, it, his paper is in his hand. And I said, okay, how do you think you did? And he doesn't look at me. He's like, I already know I failed. Oh. And it was, I was done. I just couldn't, I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. 
no, this can't be happening. There's only room for one failure in this room and I'm it. You know, I already know I am not measuring up. So you've got to, because I'm depending on you, your success, making me feel okay. Wow. So I look at his paper and it was an abysmal mess. It was terrible. And I hear, do it with him. So I'm thinking, okay, I get the eraser and I erase all his answers. And I say, you know, I just don't think you uh, really had a chance to, to get this done. Let's do it together. And so we start doing the things and I keep kind of coaching him until he gets the right answer. And we get to the end of the page and he's got one left. And I said, okay, now go on back to your seat. Look at all of these you got right. You are so just great at this. Go on back to your seat and do this by yourself. So he leaves and I decide to pray, which is something I hadn't done in years and say, dear God, please let him get this right. And then just in case you don't ever have to give me anything ever again in my life, if you just allow him to get this right, because everything is resting on this kid feeling good. So a few minutes go by, he actually takes his time and thinks about it. And he comes back. I say, okay. Okay, please, please let this be okay. What did what do you think? What'd you get? And I look down and it's right. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh. So then I hear, make sure he knows how great this is. And I've got Ooh. this can of markers, colored markers sitting on my desk. And so I pick up the brightest colored marker I can find. And I start marking everyone with a C. As you know, usually in school, you get a red X or a red mark when it's bad. So I made everything C. Mm. I looked at them and I looked at him and I said, look at this. You got everything right. His little chest starts getting puffier. Yeah, he puffs right up. He starts to feel better. And then they tell me, put a hundred on his paper. I put a hundred on his paper. And then I put an A plus and I said, look at you. You got a hundred A plus. And he looks at me and he's standing tall and he says, I've never gotten a hundred before. And the whole room says, he got a hundred. They're like, I want a hundred. (laughs) That's a great story. (laughs) And then, you know, those kids were willing to give up snack, recess, lunch, anything to do the work until they understood it. So they could get that hundred and they all passed with an 85%. Wow, that's great. And you gave them that positive reinforcement. That's such a powerful motivator, especially for kids like and you're talking oh. eight, eight-year-olds. I mean, they need all the positive encouragement that they can get, right? And yeah. it kind of, you know, it was my pipeline to, okay, I guess I'm not that bad. 
which I think kept open a little channel for me so that when I finally was ready to kind of look at this whole thing, 10, 15 years later, I don't know how long it really was, I got directed to the spirituality version of the library. And then <laughs> I opened a book and it said, everything you're going through and everything you've ever experienced is a product of your energetic stream. You mm. are responsible what you're, for what you're thinking and feeling and therefore what you are uh, living. Right. I read that. I said, <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> no, thank you. That I, too it, much. It, it was, oh, way, way more than I could handle. So I was like, no, that can't be. I don't like my life. I don't like one aspect of it. You wow. can't tell me I'm responsible for it. Right. So it's it hard took, to hear. That oh, very my hard to hear. Gosh, it was so challenging. <laughs> wow. So then, so what did you do it? Oh my gosh, we got to wrap this up. Uh, I want to know what you did at that point. You found out that you're responsible for your energetic field and what you're producing in your life, but you didn't like the results. What's your next step? How do you make that transformation? Gently. It, it was, that was too much. So it probably took me six months to be willing to really engage with that material, but I was able to take more diluted information and start baby stepping my way toward this truth that I needed to hear, which was, honey, nobody but you is to blame for where you are. Wow. Yeah. And um, maybe stop blaming and start getting proactive. Start be loving you and accepting yourself where you are and then allowing yourself to be more. Wow. I love that. Loving yourself where you are and then allowing yourself to be more. I and think, you know, yeah, that was another, I was uh, so consumed with fear that I was afraid that if I loved myself where I was, that that would meant that I would be stuck there. And so that that's, the yeah, yeah. I think that's a lot of people's concern, right? Is that, that they'll get complacent. And so there has to be a high level of uh, discomfort or just non-acceptance yeah, of, of what is because yeah, the whip. Yep. And the beautiful discovery is we are naturally hardwired for growth. And when we allow ourselves to be in that place of acceptance, instead of trying to move forward with hatred or uh, shame or blame, you're going to progress faster, more easily, and more in alignment with your purpose and your best journey than you are if you are using shame and blame and any other kind of whip that you can find that tells you you're not good enough. 100%. Well, 
Marsha, we could definitely talk about this for hours and hours. Uh, I'm going to wrap it up. And uh, I want to know how do people get in touch with you if they want to work with you with your uh, spiritual transformational coaching um, or website, social media? How do they get in touch with you? Please join me on my website. It's mm for Marsha Martin, mmhearthealer.com because I work in the heart. So it's mmhearthealer.com. I have a YouTube channel. I blog. I do lives every Tuesday on YouTube at three uh, Pacific. And just the goal is to clear away all of the pain and the trauma, all of the limiting beliefs and the negativity so that you are free to create a personal relationship with the divine live a life that feels good, that is purposeful, and is totally free, so that you can move in any direction that honors your highest good. Uh, again, this is Chris from Health in the Real World. We're joined today by Marsha Martin. Thank you so much, Marsha, for taking the time, and uh, we'll be in touch, definitely. Thanks so much, Chris. It has been a pleasure. to learn more.